0: Just from a tennis perspective, point of view, like knowledge-wise and and, and skill-wise, I don't think there is that much of a difference with working with a with an ATP player or a WTA player. You know, if so, it might it might even be harder at times to work on the WTA tour. You know, so I would be open eh? if there's a man coming. You know, like from if um, I don't know, Caroline fires me tomorrow and I get an offer from a guy. Of course, I would like that. Why not?
1: Everyone, John I'm here to this week's Sports Illustrated Slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. Our guest this week, by request from Reader, is uh Sasha Bajan. Many of you know Sasha, aka Big Sasha. He is a coach and hitting partner for various WTA players, probably most notably Serena Williams. They were together for eight years, during which she won ten majors. That's a uh that's that's a nice track record for Sasha. He's worked with Victoria Azarenka now is with Carolyn Wozniaki. He tells us a bit about how he stumbled into this uh, peculiar line of work, what his goals are, what it's like working with females as opposed to male players, and tells a good uh, story about Serena getting upset with him once at the U.S. Open. Um, that was captured in the documentary Venus and Serena. I always thought that was the best scene in that uh, documentary and really... Shed some insight into Serena. Anyway, uh, nice conversation. The audio quality, I will warn you, is a little dicey. Sasha was returning from taking his mother to the airport, so uh, he is forgiven for the for the shaky cell service. So uh, bear bear with the audio in spots. The content uh, overcomes that. Nice conversation. Uh, we'll bring him on. Sasha, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it.
0: No worries. Thank you for having me.
1: So we're, you know, I I think we spoke in... Uh, Indian Wells, and you and uh, you and Caroline, we gonna sort of reassess after after Charleston and see where things stood. You're you're after Charles, yeah. you're after Charleston now. Uh, where <laughs> what, what's your job status?
0: Things things are good. <laughs> no, we signed them. Uh, yeah, signed uh, signed a contract with her. We we agreed to work um, to keep working together, and we're gonna at least stay until the end of the season, and then hopefully you know, our great success is going to continue, and then we're going to sit down and, and negotiate again.
1: There you go. But man. for
0: now, for now, um, yeah, for now, until the end of the season, I'm happy that she wanted to continue with me, of course, as well, and I'm happy to continue with her. And, yeah, we we sat down immediately after Charlton, you know, the last night before that, and we, we both came to an agreement, and, yeah, I hope that she's happy just as much as I am, so... The, That's the, good.
1: So, so t- tell me what your job is. I mean, I, I feel like we we talk about uh, we talk about tennis coaches and we talk about hitting partners, and it seems as though every yeah. every player, the job description is a little bit different. When your when your friends say, "What do you do all day?" What's what's your job like? What what, what do you well,
0: tell uh, them? What do I tell them? No, I do tell them I'm a tennis coach. I mean, the only difference to it is that you know I get labeled more as a hitter because I always play with my players, you know, but to be honest, like, I see it as an advantage. Like, I don't know why sometimes people from the outside then label me immediately as a hitting partner just, you know, just because, you know, I hit with the player as well, when in the meanwhile I have the advantage of actually, you know, feeling the ball and, you know, showing them even with my kind of strokes on how I want certain balls to be and, you know, mirror certain stuff so that they can see. You know, if I put a little bit more energy on on the outside, from the outside looking in, I raise the energy levels. in Caroline. Um, I think it pulls the players. You know, I don't have to push them because if I don't hit with them, I have to stand behind them and motivate them and push them. Like this, I can pull them with me, with my energy that I bring on. So for sure there's a lot more benefits for me if I'm able, and I'm still thankful that I'm in in pretty solid shape and blessed that I haven't been injured too much so I can I can keep up with them and and play but then of course sometimes I would go and stand behind them and just just observe right but you know at the same time I do a lot of gym stuff with Caroline as well already um you know even the last four years I I don't think I was a hitting partner besides the first three four years with, with with Serena you know, I was with, with Vika, I was alone 10 weeks that whole year. You know, we were 10 weeks alone in Wimbledon alone, pre-Wimbledon alone, post-Wimbledon alone. You know, we did the preseason alone. You know, Vim came out for a couple of weeks once. But even with Serena, you know, we were here preparing alone uh, in Palm Beach Gardens where her dad would come out and help. But, you know, Patrick wasn't there. And, Right. It's not just it's not just the hitting thing for me, but but you know it is what it is. If people want to call me that, then that's all right. As long as the people I work with know what I do for them, I'm totally fine.
1: No, and and I imagine that being on the other side of the net and and having having that experience hitting the you know I'm I'm sure that helps your coaching. Having having such a keen idea of of what players' well, tendencies are and being on the receiving end of their ball when you when you do hit, I, I assume that helps your coaching.
0: It, it, it does, because, like I said, I do still know what it feels like to have a ball coming from Serena right. and what right. she can get and what she can't. So I can always tell my other player how far away you you are from being, from beating the world number one in the world. Plus, it's easier for me to see tendencies to where I can actually, like, see where the player is going to play upon the way she positions herself or if there is a bad habit that I can tell her, hey, listen, you know, when we play points... You played the last four times now against me, like, you know, the same ball cross court or something, or I see it on your toss. Like, there's a lot more benefits of me being able to hit with them. Of course, it's a little harder. And I'm telling you now, honestly, I feel like a lot of coaches are also there a little bit too lazy. And, you know, and, and you know, and they don't want to put in that extra work. But I like going that extra mile and I enjoy it so much that. I, I would do anything, you know, and this is something I love. So how can I not do it? Give, give me it your
1: give me. me your top three laziest coaches. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm, kidding I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna. No. No. I'm joking. That I'm was not a gonna joke.
1: say this. That was a joke. Okay, I, t- okay, how okay. how did um how did you get into this? I mean, you you were a player of of, of you know you I can see your and name on the wallet, ATP always- rankings.
0: No, I was a solid player. I had a couple of points, but nothing ever serious. You know, I played Bundesliga in Germany where I got most of my money. Um, I was a, I was a pretty solid junior. And um, I quit practicing basically with like 17, 18. You know, my father died. He was my coach. He, I was 15 and I had 16. Um, I kept on playing. And then you have a mom at home who's telling you, you know, you should go get a real job, what if you get injured, so even in my career, until I really quit when I was like 21, 22 and I started full-time coaching, I, you know, you play those weekend tournaments, you play a league in Germany where you get like 30,000, you know, 25, 30,000 for seven matches, so you can finance a little bit, then you give lessons, you know, from Monday through Saturday, Monday through Wednesday, on the weekends, you go play a tournament, so... I was kind of surviving, hustling like that, and right. then, um, and then I met Serena, yeah, in Munich when I was 22 years old. So, and since then, I, I was kind of thrown into this, into this world, and I learned so much from, you know, being with, well, yeah, the world's greatest, and you know, going from zero to, you know, zero to one almost like on that professional level. I've learned so much. Uh, you know, Serena surrounds herself with the best people in the business, so that just only rubs off on you if you surround yourself with those people. And and then, yeah, and worked my ass off and then kind of got stuck in there, yeah. Stuck. That, that's my story. Well, yeah. so, so what? Yeah, so in, a, in you're, a good way.
1: you're you're her hitting partner at, at the Munich event, and she says, Oh, I, I like the way this guy goes about his business, and then would you like yeah, to come she travel was in with Rome. me?
0: No, no, no. She was in Rome. Okay. She was in Rome, and she was looking for a new hitter. And she called her old hitting coach, you know, it was Jovan Savic. But he was, he had a family, he doesn't want to travel anymore. And then she said, well, do you know anybody? And then he said, yeah, I have this young guy, he's here. He's a solid tennis player, you know, he, he's really young, he likes to work, he's a hard worker, so uh, we want you to meet him. And then she flew out, she flew out from, from Rome to Munich, and we practiced four days, like four or five days, and then we did the French Open together. And immediately, you know, we connected, and I'm—I mean, I'm really easygoing. I'm very patient, you know. I don't have a big ego, so you know. And Serena is super easy, so we kind of—we kind of connected really quick, and and yeah, the rest is history, you know. From there, I didn't even move out of my own apartment, you know. That's how little time I had.
1: See, so you just—you know—going on the road with Serena, like, uh, like, like, yeah. like, a, like a roadie on on the a drum, concert tour.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I dropped everything, yeah, I dropped everything, and uh, immediately immediately started traveling with her. and then my boys and my mom moved my stuff from my apartment back into my mom's house. and yeah, it, and like I said, like
1: I do do you, do you see yourself as a tennis coach whose clients just happen to be women or, or do you feel like you have a specific skill set that makes you particularly good? for WTA players. I mean, could you just as easily be working with an ATP player? Or do you feel like you have something specific that allows you to tap into, uh, to, f- to female players?
0: Um, well, I mean, there is, of course, there is a difference between women and men, you know, especially, especially when it comes down to athletes, you have to be a little bit more understanding, I think. And, um, there's a few different scenarios you have to consider when working with a woman. But, but like just from a tennis perspective point of view, like knowledge-wise and and, and, and skill-wise, I don't think there is that much of a difference with working with a with ATP player or WTA player. You know, if so, it might it might even be harder at times to work on the WTA tour. You know, so I would be open eh? if there is a man coming. You know, like from if um, I don't know, Caroline fires me tomorrow and I get an offer from a guy. Of course, I would like that. Why not? You know. So I'm open for that, and I don't I don't necessarily see myself as a WTA coach. It's just that I grew up in a house with women. You know, I have two sisters. I have my mom. Like I said, my father died, so I was the man of the house. When I came over here to America, I lived with Serena and Venus in the house. The physiotherapist and their assistant lived in the house. Those are four women, you know, and I was the only guy, you know, throughout like three years consistently. So um, yeah, I learned I learned, and um, I think that I understand the opposite sex you know really well and know what what i have to look out for and that just makes my job a little easier but i don't think there is a difference in coaching a man or a woman like just from a professional point of view because they have to hit the foreman just as much as the women do you is, know? Is that, so that that's, that's
1: how you look difference. at it that's no that, that's interesting yeah. i mean uh you know I, i've talked to players who have coached men and women and they say listen it's just Psychologically, it's different. The relationship with the opponent is different. The tours are different. Um, the 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 finances are different. Um, you you seem to think tennis t- tennis is tennis, and if if it's forehands and backhands, I can I can go pretty easily between ATP and WTA.
0: I mean, I mean, yeah, like I said, there is small differences, but I think that if you stay open minded, you can work everything out. You know, there's new things I'm gonna learn but I'm when I'm gonna have to start with a man. And there's new things that also I think that coaches from the from the ATP tour could benefit from if they start working with a woman a little bit more you know so there's there's pros and cons for every scenario, and I think if you stay open minded and then you can make you can make it both work yeah, easy I so, would think so so
1: so the three players you've worked with um you know they they've all been former number one, so we're talking about high echelon players in in Serena. Azarenka and, and, and Carolyn right now, obviously.
0: Yeah, I've it also have worked me, with four. I've actually worked with four. I've yes. worked with Sloan as well.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, that was...
1: All right, so i had, I'd, it, I'd what, heard six, of the... Uh, those, six those, months, yeah. Those are, those, are four, those are four different players. Those are four different personalities as yeah. well. Is part of coaching... I mean, is, is, is the personality sort of it is what it is and I have to adjust? Or, or is part of coaching and part of your job trying to shift personality and, and bring a new perspective? I mean, are, are the players just, this is they, they are who they are, or do you say, hey, listen, maybe you want to try doing X more, or why don't you try to visualize no. Y differently?
0: No, I would, I mean, first of all, I would never try to change a player, and I would never change my own personality. So I would never do that. I would, that, that, that would kind of be like, I would never sell out myself like that. If it matches from the beginning, you know, then I'll take the job. I would never take a job where I would feel like I would have to, I would have to do this different, or not able to say that, or not be able to do that. So I wouldn't even put myself into that position. And um, and I was almost ready to quit. You know, I almost didn't want to be on the tour anymore. But just because Caroline, you know, I knew that we would get along before that already because we already talked a little bit. Um, I kind of took that. Trial phase first, and then you know now the full term, full term coaching employment. But um, I mean, of course, you know you work with individuals and and tennis players. You know they they have a and they're supposed to have a big ego, and um, and yeah, you do have to adjust certain times. But um, so far, I can't really complain. You know, Serena is a really funny sweetheart, actually, off the court. You know, and I like that. That players are on court very competitive because if they wouldn't be you know they wouldn't be competing in the sport anyway so whatever her on-court personality is it is different off the court and same goes for Vika and Sloan and Caroline you know I mean they're all really relaxed relaxed off court so I'm really blessed with having players that are not that difficult you know I'm sure there's other players which names I don't want to say, but, you know, you can give me, I don't know, $500,000 a year and I wouldn't do it because I would be afraid I'd suffer a heart attack after a couple of weeks. <laughs> but, you know, or we get gray hair or something, you know, so...
1: You don't want gray I don't, hair.
0: Um, yeah, I don't want gray hair. Not now, not right now. Maybe later at some point. But, yeah, no, so far I have been blessed with being able to, to have these players that are actually, you know, that have a great personality and where it matches up with me and nobody really has to has to change a lot in order to be able to communicate with other players. But if there is something that doesn't work, of course I'm gonna tell the player and I will always speak my mind and speak up, you know. I never shy down and I'm always okay with being the bad guy in the team if something has to be said and I feel like somebody stepped over a line, I'll always say that. You know, so that's just that's just my personality and I think that that's why I've been around for so long because the people then actually like really value that you know those, that honesty
1: you um I, you were with Serena for, for I think 8 years and I, I was looking if, yeah. if my math is right I think you were there for, for 10 10 of you her know, 22 majors
0: yeah we won 10 majors and it was 8 years yeah it was a long time and it was a lot of ups and downs yeah
1: what, what, what's somebody says highlight of your career what would you say
0: wow um I'm going to be honest, I don't want to sound cheesy, but my highlight is like being able to play eight years in and out with the world's greatest, you know, playing with Dika, you know, with Caroline and even with Sloan, you know, like that's just, that's my highlight besides the fact that, you know, of course the Olympics being there for the Olympics is something special. We won gold medals, you know, with Serena. I was there with Mary Joe officially as their assistant Assistant Coach, you know for so that was really cool. And um, you know, and then yeah, any tournament I go to, any tournament I go to, I really live that, and, and and I enjoy it so much that, that that's my blessing. Like that's that that's my biggest that's my biggest up.
1: Yeah. I, I'm thinking if if I'm a tennis player and I and I want to hire you, or you know, if I want to hire any coach, one of my one of my fears is that. If the relationship ends, this coach is going to go and tell the next opponent, you know, the next player he works for, all of my yeah. tendencies and, and my sort of mental makeup and some of yeah. my, you know, may, yeah. maybe some of my trepidations. Is, is sure. there like what? What's the protocol? I mean, is is everything fair game? Is there sort of an honor code? How does that work? I
0: mean, I mean, I'm you know, I'm going to be totally honest with you. If you if you are a coach on the tour and you haven't figured out, like after your player, because most of these girls they compete against each other day in day out. You know, it's not like there's a bunch of new players that come in that you never played against. So even Caroline, you know, like played already against Serena. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know the head-to-head, but I'm sure, like, yeah, sure, seven, eight, nine, ten times oh, before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, if you haven't figured out, uh, little, of course, there's little input I can give her and me having her now on her side maybe benefit her from a mental point of view but if you haven't figured out certain things about other players if you see them you know throughout the whole year then you're just not doing your job right as a coach that's just my opinion you know because you can easily follow up you know any player you want and you can go out and scout and that's why i have you know days where i'm you know 12 hours 13 hours 14 hours 14 hours on site Really, you know, watching other people, watching matches. And that's just part of the job, you know. And I feel like if you don't know, you know, how to be the, I don't know, some random name, Samantha Soso or somebody, you know, and you look at, you know, okay, there's certain things that they change throughout the season and on different surfaces, and you don't know that, then you're not doing your job as a coach. But at the same time, of course, there's input that I gave because you know when she played Serena, you know for sure that's why that first. I mean, we had match points in in Madrid, you know the first meeting. Right. Then there was a tie three sets, and there wasn't one match where she just got crushed like she did in the past. So of course, there's little inputs where I can help with her game, but there is no more. I feel like, you know, I feel like those secrets are all gone if you if you look at the player and do your job right as a coach.
1: How's Vika do when she comes back?
0: She's going to come back strong. Um, Michael Choice is a great coach. I don't know him personally, but I know that he's had experience with the top players. You know, he coached Maria for a while, and I I think he's doing a great job. I think he's going to be a good match for Vika. And um, yeah, I know that Vika is busy with being a mom and, you know, coming back, and there's so much going on in her life that personally, me and her, we don't talk as much anymore right now because, you know, I know that she's busy and all that. Plus, I'm working with somebody else now, so that's all right. But I hope that she comes back stronger than she did before. It's just going to help to raise the level for everybody else as well. And, yeah, I think she's going to do well, and I wish her nothing but the best.
1: Where where do you see Serena going from here?
0: Where do I see Serena going from here? Well, I mean, if there's one person... One person you can't predict, <laughs> it's going to be Serena, I'm telling you. Like, I don't know, everything she does is just so hard to predict on court. But, I mean, whatever she does, I just i just don't see her fail in anything. So even if she's, you know, hopefully recovering from her, what was it, the knee or elbow? I don't even remember right. Was it knee? I think it was knee.
1: Wendy, do, do you have a sense of when we'll see her again?
0: I don't know. I heard that I mean I know that Serena loves Rome. Like she loves Rome. So I would assume that if not Madrid, then she would try to start in Rome, but you know, I know that's a tournament that she loves because she has a lot of friends there. She likes the city. She understands Italian, you know. And I would I would assume that she would try everything to be there. But um, but I don't know. I don't know how ready she is. I don't know, you know, we don't talk about practice and and her health. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't be able to tell you anything. Now,
1: now now that the uh now that the statute of limitations is off. Could can you can, can you tell a story of uh the the time she catfished
0: you? The time she catfished me. No, that was Yo, know, that was that was a serious master plan. Like I mean, it was it was just it was I got text messages. I was in France and I got text messages from this French number saying, "Hey, um and she said my name was Heidi. <laughs> like from now on, whenever I meet a girl and your name is Heidi, like you don't even have to bother like telling me. Like you just you just move on, and it's never gonna work out with us because Serena ruined it. Um, no, no, but, but it was just funny because she texted me from a random number and then saying, "Hey, this is Heidi. I got um, you know I got this phone number from one of Serena's friends. Uh, I think you're a good looking guy, and blah blah blah, and you know she played me and." The thing was that I texted back and then um and then somehow I stopped texting to that person cuz something seemed off you know but you know it was just we we're talking like just getting you, you were like getting to know somebody and then um and then I felt like something was off and then I didn't respond and then and then I got a text message saying hey you know I'll find you and don't make me you know Don't make me hurt you or hurt Serena or something. And I was like, hey, she's really crazy, whoever that is. And I told Serena about it. I was like, hey, Serena, you know, just as a heads up, like, I don't know what I got myself into, but there's this girl and look what she wrote me. You know, she's kind of psycho, but, you know, I blocked her now. And then somehow um, she, you know, she was laughing and da-da-da. And then that breakfast, I was like, you know what, wait a minute. I'm just going to call this number. And I called the number, and then I heard the phone ring in the in her back. And I was like, wait a minute. You have to be kidding me. Oh, so that's how like, you, that's how you found her? Like, you so called her? That's how I f- found out. And she looked at me, and she said, I can't believe I don't have the phone on silent because her phone is always on silent, period. She never has a ringtone on. And that phone, that other phone that she had, she had a ringtone on, and I've never seen her with another phone. And so I'm like, yo, you played me for weeks, like, you know. For weeks she played me, so it was really funny. And Serena is patient like that. That if she really wants to get at somebody, like she's vicious, and she can wait and just take her time and, like I said, master plan it. And uh, and then we just started laughing and cracking up, and yeah, it was uh, it was funny as hell. Like I don't blame her. If I had the patience to do all that, I would have tried to pay her back somehow. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, does
1: doesn't that uh, even if she's the one cutting the check, doesn't that call for some revenge?
0: Yeah, I will. At some point, I will get her back. It's just I need, I need to make sure it's it's just as good. But there was, um yeah, fake Facebook account, fake phone number, everything, you know, photos, everything. I mean, the whole life, like, she created a, mm-hmm. she created a, a yeah, a, like an own ID by somebody, you know, so. Yeah. Whose name is Heidi, like, I don't know, there was some serious, some serious work. It's like, like Manti man, it
1: Teo. like, it's like, it uh... Funny. So, so let me, do you remember the movie? Uh, you remember the documentary on, uh, on Venus and Serena that came out a few years? Not, not the one Serena did last year, but the one a few years ago where there's there's a scene where she's on the treadmill at the U.S. Open. Oh,
0: okay. Do do, do you remember this? I remember that scene, yeah. How can I not?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And she basically says, like, I I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, she basically said, like, you've got to, uh, You've got to hit harder in practice because these girls want to fucking kill me. Yeah, is that pretty close? Yeah. I know there. I know there was an f bomb in there, and I that know that. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and um, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want? I, do you I thought want that, to no,
1: about I, I. thought that was a really interesting snapshot into a how she perceives the competition. Um, okay. But but also an interesting that that even later on in the day she still remembered. The the hit you gave her. I mean I, I think it was interesting how she perceived the other players. And I, I think honest I think ironically it was Azureka, wasn't it?
0: Um, to be honest that I don't remember. All I know is like we were at the courts, we were you know, we had our hit and then she went upstairs and we went upstairs. Um that was like after practice. And um and to me, I mean, it's um it was a little, okay, the words were a little harsh for me. I don't mind like if Like I said, sometimes I told her in the past, um, for a long time, I was the only guy around. So I understand that she would have to blow off some steam sometimes. And if she would do it my way, that's all right. You know, I can take it. Right. Um, Because girls would get a little bit more emotional over it. So I didn't take that that personal. There's two benefits of it. Like, Like I said, she got some steam off. If she wasn't happy with me, I think she would have told me that immediately on court but not later. So I saw it as more of like, you know, just an outlet a little bit. And, um, and if there is something that she really wants me to do and tells me then that I'm okay with that too. But I saw it more as a just emotional outlet where she, where she literally like just blew some steam off. And, um,
1: yeah, I mean, instead
0: I, of I, then me, not like, cause I'm telling you now, like there's, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting harder than some of these girls. If I really let my hands go, Right. So, you right. know, there's no, there, there's no, um, I, I don't think it was that. It was more just a, like a stressful situation for her. And she put it out and I wanted to hold my ground a little bit and told her, listen, you know, it was kind of a good hit and I went hard and I did this and this and this and, you know, and it, and that's all right. But, um, but I, I took it and, and there's, you know, and, and that's the end of the story. But, but, but what I it. thought,
1: what I thought was interesting is the level of, professionalism and, and attention to detail that it showed, that yeah, she, sure. she really had a sense even after the match of how that hit went. And I think, I think sometimes people, oh, she's so powerful and so athletic and she just sort of picks up a racket out of her bag and goes and smacks tennis yeah. balls and then does a photo shoot. Um, what's, what's your sense of her professionalism and her approach to tennis?
0: No, but Serena is the most professional or one of the most professional athletes period. Like, and, and that was where, where I came in and I learned all of that, you know, because there, you, you, this is something nobody can teach you, you know? So, so she's been raised that way and, um, she knows exactly what she wants and, and it has to be perfect. And that's the only reason she is so successful. If she would be just a little bit more easy going on court and be more like, ah, it's okay, you know, it doesn't matter, and she can lay back and relax, she wouldn't be, you know, a 22-time Grand Slam champion. You know, and you never will be if you have that attitude and really want the best out of every single practice and out of every single gym session and out of every every single other thing. So you need to have that inside you.
1: Is, it, is this what you want to be when you grow up? I mean it's it, it sounds like you sort of came, you, you sort of came into this um you know it's it's like good good fortune and, and your mom was, was telling you uh
0: I, I I think I'm kinda like I said, uh thankfully stuck in this scenario now. But yeah, I, I love this, you know, I love this sport. I love it keeps me healthy, you know. Um I mean it could be so much worse, you know. I don't I don't wanna be, you know, roofing in the in summer in 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 Florida, you know what I mean? So I'm really, really happy that um that my life turned out this way. And yeah, I I can't consider it that it could be any better. That's um, a good, I'm really that's, thankful. That's, that's, that's
1: that's that's a good attitude. Um all right, so we'll we'll see you the rest of the uh we'll see you the rest of the season with uh with, with a Danish player who we've all come to uh to, to know and like and we'll see how see how it goes, I guess.
0: And thank you for having me on the show.
1: That was great. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you down the road, and uh, good good luck out there. Thank you.
0: Sounds good. Thank you very much. All right. That Thanks, Sasha. Take care. All
1: right. That does it for this week. That was Sasha Bajan. Nice conversation. He is now with Carolyn Wozniacki. Made his bones with Serena Williams, has worked with some other WTA players. Uh, interesting perspective. Um, that is a, that's an interesting job, and we didn't get into uh, some of the dynamics, how basically you're in an authority position as a coach slash hitting partner, but you're also the employee of the player. We didn't talk about on-court coaching. I thought we would give that a break. We could do uh, a part two, and perhaps we will, but uh, that was that was good insight from Sasha. Thanks, as always, for everyone for listening. Thanks to Sasha. Thanks to our producer, Jamie Lasanti. We'll have another guest next week. I'm John Wertheim. This was the Sports Illustrated Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. We'll do it again in seven days. Music mm-hmm.